0: ESPN One Thousand, Chicago's home for sports. Oh, Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN
1: One Thousand.
2: Berger into left center field, high and
3: deep, and it is gone. Jake Berger with a pitch hit two run shot, and the White Sox lead it three
2: to two.
1: Oh, the Burgermeister at his best. Got on a fastball up high and yanked it out of here to left center field. Oh, that felt good. I know that felt good for Jake Berger. You need a win. and Sometimes you really need, need a win, right? Well, I mean, we needed a win. But 10-0 would have been nice. Yeah. Nice. Not the way it came down. Just get fighting, get frustrated, and boom, boom. You know. And then we had to survive the eighth inning, I think. Grieveman does it on purpose and when he does it the league just goes one two three just, I'm convinced they mess with me just to mm-hmm. <laughs> age me <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we well, talked about it. it's exactly how we played the first four games of this road trip and we go short and this one we didn't it's a testament to never give in never give up
0: Jake Berger in that situation
1: I told him he's not starting again. I said he's going to be in chair that's it, until tomorrow. I mean, he's got a, a flare, doesn't he? When he hits them, they're big ones, they're important ones. So. <laughs> I mean, the, the part of it that you're sitting there thinking, it's not possible, you're the guy's ball to the his bat, it, it spins off his glove, and that's the run, right? And there's a ball that he did a good time putting in play, that second run, you think, man, come on. <laughs> but we, we found a way to overcome it. Does burgers hit the kind of thing that just likes to spark? The, the timing of it and just to break the skid? And... Yeah. Um, there's no doubt when you have one like that, it gets you excited and you got a better chance to do it again. But we've been frustrated so much on this road trip without the big one. And the guy pitches tomorrow has a lot to do with if we can keep it up for both sides.
0: You mentioned the, the bottom of the eighth, uh, the play by Mendick to, to get the last out.
1: Yeah. That was Gold Star. I mean, the guys, any little hesitation, I'll throw he's say he's, safe. he's a invaluable. ESPN One
0: Thousand, Emmy and Xander, as our producer Charlie pointed out, that's the jovial Tony Larusa. Handing out gold stars and telling uh, telling the press that his players are messing with him. <laughs> it yeah. was fun to listen to, but I mean, come on! Remember how he, vocal he was in the eighties, first time around with the White Sox. And, you know, he's older, he's more low key, but that's the jovial Tony La Russa.
2: And he's right though. Ten nothing, nice ten nothing would be nice, and for a manager, uh, you know, right. it'd be easier for him and and easier you
0: know, on the old ticker
2: getting out of the eighth inning the way they did and mendic making the play but getting out mm-hmm. of bases loaded jam as as you said you know you're sitting there going oh no now you know all that <laughs> was hard, for yeah. not
0: to say oh no and i said it i had some uh i had some people over it, and i'm like oh no and people look at me i
2: go this
0: happens every time yep
2: yeah it's, i mean tony's not <laughs> and, the only one feeling yeah, the stress yeah, of that right yeah, we, we all are yeah. and you know and, and jake berger and he talked about guys delivering, he was joking that, you know, he's not starting busy. he needs to be pinch hitting and, and delivering, but the fact that he had the walk-off single in the 12th versus the Cubs, that was a, the last win for the White Sox, right? So, yeah. um, he's been coming up in big situations, which is why you want to see more of him, certainly, and uh, you know, a lot of guys contributed in that one inning, but I'm with Tony. You know, you'd like to have a laugh now and again. Uh, you know, sprinkle. It, it would there. be
0: nice, and we had a few of those last year. Remember the one where uh, your mean Mercedes got in trouble? Yeah, yeah. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. And by the way, uh, kudos to Darren for using Burgermeister. I was waiting for somebody to drop that at some point on <laughs> Jake Burger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he definitely does. Uh, starting lineup for the White Sox today: Danny Mendick leading off. Thank Boy, I was you. hoping for Grandal again. No, no, you <laughs> were hoping for Garcia. No, yeah. yeah, no. Danny Mendick is leading off. He's earned that. He's playing short. Andrew Vaughn, right field. He's batting second. You've got uh, Luis Robert in center, cleaning up things. Mister Abreu, DH. Jake Berger batting fifth, playing third. Grandall's at first base today. Hopefully, with that first base mitt, somehow that inspires the bat. We'll see. Uh, we've got uh, Pollock in left field batting seventh. McGuire catching, batting eighth. And uh, Harrison back in the lineup. He's at second base. Don't mind his glove at second base. We just have to get him to hit in that second leadoff spot.
2: Yeah, it's, and, you know, look... <laughs> it's gonna be it's it's a big game i mean it's a big game to, yeah. to beat a good team and t- and take the series after the way it started and um, you know it scratching out the game yesterday everyone should celebrate that but it's time to start stringing games together and you know too many of the three and four and five game losing streaks you need to start uh hitting the accelerator here and start put uh you know the, the feel good together on a Absolutely. daily basis right well yeah and and
0: they saw what they uh, what they did last night they battled they didn't have a great uh, great performance from Dylan, but the, yeah, you know what it, it, it was good enough. and they they were able to get that lead and then hold on to it. And these are things that they haven't been able to do consistently. So they put the plan in place last night. It's not gonna be that easy every day, but they see, that that's got to help the confidence, right? And, and and being as loose as Tony was last night, everybody kind of celebrating. They're not celebrating big, but they know that that was one that they could build on. And that's what they need to do again uh, against Ryan Yarborough, who is pitching for Tampa Bay. He's 0-2. We've got Lucas on the bump. He's 3-2, 3.61 ERA, 59 strikeouts. Lucas maybe not doing as great as he was last year, but he certainly has had some uh, setbacks. Needs to needs to bounce for a while. Yeah, needs to bounce
2: back from the last start, right? Needs Mm -hmm, to get back mm -hmm. to to feeling like you know when you hand him the ball, you expect a W, right? And and so, yeah, look, again, the the attitude in the clubhouse and Connor addressed it. um, I I I I assume a lot of Sox fans feel frustrated, more frustrated than the team lets on, if they are frustrated at all, because they don't sound like they're frustrated at all but this this team was supposed to be thinking not just winning the division it was supposed right. to get out of the you know make a run in october not not sit here and and scuffle right. and be looking at and wondering if uh, detroit's going to leapfrog you and now you'll be in fourth place um so the you know, the expectations carry uh, a lot of responsibility and you know the front office didn't think they'd be sitting here in third place with a losing record and, right. and not being able to beat Winning teams on on a regular basis.
0: And as you've mentioned, they're lucky to be in third place because of the way they perform. The run differential doesn't really indicate that they deserve that much. So hopefully that is a good sign of things to come. Uh, you yeah, the know scary of, the scary part. The scary
2: part of that, Mark, is we're yeah. talking about the expected wins and losses based on runs scored and runs allowed. Yes, yes.
0: That's, so the, that White, is scary. The
2: White Sox, twenty-four and twenty-seven, in actual wins and losses. Uh, the expected wins and losses given their production uh, offensively and the uh, runs allowed, nineteen and thirty-two, would be the current expectation. <laughs> right. And Cleveland is actually underperforming. They're 23 and 25. They're ex- Except when they play us. But their expected wins, losses, as they sit here today, would be 27-21 uh, because they have a plus 25 uh, run differential. Right, so
0: Right, that, and, that, and that certainly does matter. Now, when Jimenez comes back, all we can do is hope that he can stay healthy. T.A., we need him, but again, we have enough talent on this team. I've been banging the drum on this that we should be able to win without him, but we definitely need him back. And, and uh, Grandal and uh, Abreu, uh, not Abreu, I'm sorry, Mankata, those bats have to start doing something. They have to play. At least half of their potential would be a big help right now.
2: Yeah, we have a Twitter poll at ESPN1000, and it's for Cub fans up on the north side because uh, you were spoiled for choice, at least for a day, and and Matt Schwarmer has put together back-to-back good starts, impressive starts. But uh, Caleb Killian certainly delivered a uh, big time in his debut. And for Cub fans, who was more impressive on Saturday? It was it Matt Schwarmer or Caleb Killian. You can... Uh, Pick that up at ESPN one thousand or at Brian Hanley five three four, and uh, when we or get... you
0: could jump online, jump yeah, on the radio with us here and discuss it three one two three three two three seven seven six. You know, if you want to talk about what happened on the north side and, and pick your uh, pitcher there, you know, and tell us. I'm, I'm really interested if Cubs fans are really be able to let go of the the obvious. Uh, outcome this year, that they're not going to do anything really, really big, but just to be able to celebrate these little victories. Morel, uh, when Suzuki was hot, and when he comes back, hopefully he can, you know, he's a, he's a big name on the team. They spent a lot of money on him. If 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 these little victories are really making baseball on the north side enjoying, enjoying for you, uh, you're getting some enjoyment out of this it, it this year, even though they're not going to have – a World Series berth.
2: It's not going to happen. No, no one's getting the double-decker buses cleaned up uh, for the parade. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. they can wait a little
0: while. Yeah,
2: but you know, Morrell's got a 19-game-on-base streak, right? And it, it's, it's, a, it's a, a club record for a rookie to come up there and, and do what he's done. And That's he, crazy. I mean, yeah. he's been involved in delivering wins when they do get them, right? It's not just uh, at-bats that don't mean anything. He's delivered big time, which is why Jason Hayward is going to be sitting on the pines for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it came to Schwarmer. You look at what he did. He's the first Cubs rookie to go six-plus innings with no more than one earned run allowed in each of his first two starts for Cubs pitchers since 1939. And I'm sure you remember, you probably have the baseball card in your bicycle spokes. Gene Lillard. Gene (laughs) Lillard. Oh, Gene. Oh, yeah. Man, he was the man in 1939. Uh, But, yeah, so, you know, Schwarmer keep keep going. And it's... um, you know, it's, he's getting strikeouts and strikeouts, and he's got four pitches that he's reusing uh, well and mixing them up. And, um, you know, he looks like he has some staying power. You, you want to see more of it, and you will see more of it moving forward. But if he can keep consistently delivering and giving you five, six innings, and Caleb Killian can start doing it. Interesting, Killian in Iowa was limited to uh, about 80 to 90 pitches um, in, in most of his starts, and I think yesterday he ended up with 83. So they were right, you know, right on schedule with him. Um, again, uh, David Ross let him go out in the fifth inning after he got uh, bruised a little bit in the fourth inning, and he was yep. able to have a clean inning and call it a day. So, lot, lot to like yesterday. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you're a Cubs fan and you uh, were watching or were in attendance, I mean, the fact that they drew sixty four thousand people with the split doubleheader yesterday. Uh, I don't know if that reduces the rates of the hotel Zachary rooms, or they went up to two thousand no, dollars for two nights. You uh, know no. it doesn't. Yeah.
0: 332 Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We'll uh, take a pause here. Come back. Talk baseball on the on the uh, north side or the south side, and I promise we're going to get to that Matt Nagy thing because we I miss Matt. And, and we're serving
2: on Matt Nagy word salad for lunch today.
0: Yes. Yeah, right, right. It, it'll be an early lunch as we're out of here at noon. So we'll get to all that after this on ESPN 1000.
2: Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is
0: ESPN 1000. And your radio home for the Chicago White Sox from Tropicana Field today at 12.40 game time. Connor McKnight will be on the call on the radio side, and Dion Miller will have the pregame starting at 12 noon here following us. It's uh, Brian Henley and Mark Zander on ESPN 1000. And, uh, Brian, you were talking about how Danny Mendick joined Tadaraki on White Sox Weekly, and we're going to hear a bit of that because, you know, it's refreshing to hear somebody who – Look, Danny, Danny is a guy who's been fighting for his uh, existence here on the White Sox. Absolutely. And, and every time he comes up, Ryan, over the past few years, he's he's been a spark plug, right? And, and we've got a lot, of tea, a lot of talent on this team. And right now we're a little short with TA being out. So to have Danny up here and really respond has been really refreshing. So we're going to hear from Danny Mendick, a guest of Tyler Aki on White Sox Weekly this week.
4: For me, I you know I enjoy playing baseball. So um, whether it be in Charlotte, Chicago, um, once I step in between those lines, it's like, you know, let's go. And uh, I try to uh, help the team in any way I possibly can. And, you know, like I said, where, wherever it is, it, that's what it is. But I'm going to give it uh, 110% all the time.
3: You coming up and you're replacing Tim Anderson. We've talked a little bit on this team about – how tough of an ask that can be for someone who is a catalyst atop the lineup. He's made some amazing plays in the field as well. What goes into your mindset day in and day out of, I'm stepping in for that guy?
4: Yeah, you know, um, Timmy's my guy. So I've, you know, been behind him and I've been on this team and we talk a lot and I see the way he prepares. And, I mean, he's a phenomenal athlete and baseball player. And uh, to be able to step in for a guy like that, you know, it's tough. But, uh I know my ability. I know what I can bring to this team, and you know, you get out there and go out there and play my best, and you know, uh, just do what I can to help the team. Bring the energy. Um, I think that's one thing that Timmy does really well is he has a lot of lot of positive energy when he plays. You know, the guys rally around him. He's one of those guys where, when Timmy's hitting, you know, everybody's hitting because he just makes it fun. So it's it's, you know, it's one of those things when you know you never want to see a guy go down like that. Um, But it gives me an opportunity and. You know, opportunity allows me to be the baseball player that I am. So that's what I'm here doing.
3: So you got called up, back up, I should say, about a week ago now. And you, your first three starts, you, you have two-hit game, two-hit game, two-hit game. What allowed you to sort of find your rhythm as quickly as you did when you got called back up?
4: Uh, you know, I went back down to Charlotte. Um, you know, didn't really look at, at anything besides just going to go play baseball. And uh, got to go get some at-bats, um, see some pitching, and... You know, you fall in a groove a little bit once you start to see some pitching on a consistent basis. And then um, Timmy goes down, and, you know, you get an opportunity, and you come in midway in that game. And, you know, I guess I just have been trusting my process and trusting my routines. And um, come in that game, and then, you know, you get four at bats, you get two hits. So it's like, okay, you know, that's that's a start. And then you keep rolling it over into the next couple days. And it's just a confidence thing once you start to, you know, see the ball drop a little bit. Um, start to feel a little more comfortable and and realize you know the plan that you have is working. So to stick with it.
0: Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Even Danny Mendick talks about TA and the energy that TA brings and how the guys rally around him. When TA is on the bench, he's still doing that, but he's not able to do that on the field. It'd be nice to see somebody kind of pick that up a little bit. I, I know not anybody is just Tim Anderson the way they approach the game. But that would be nice, and as you said, a little more fire out of Tony Brian.
2: Well, you know what, and also uh, Danny Mendick apparently could play for the Seventy Sixers because he's trusting the process. So that's uh, that's always good.
0: <laughs> nice, nice, uh, nice crossover.
2: Uh, but nice. Yeah, and Tyler Aki doing a terrific job on, yeah, on White yeah. Sox Weekly and being part of the White Sox broadcast team and doing great work and getting great information from Danny Mendick, who's you can just hear in the voice. I mean, like you heard it from Caleb Killian, you heard it from Matt Schwarmer, these guys, as you said, are fighting for their MLB lives every time they get an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And some are getting their first opportunity in Caleb Killian and, and Matt Schwarmer. And, and you know, Danny's trying to, to make every opportunity the, the last uh, the, the last trip down to Charlotte, right? I mean, he's just yes. trying to get some staying power here. But you the earnestness of his approach... And he said, you know, the confidence he has in his own ability, he can't be Tim Anderson. He's not going to be Tim Anderson, but he can be a pretty damn good ball player in Danny Mendick. So it's great to hear. It really is. And, you know, hopefully this all starts falling into place with a lot more consistency than than Because you you need more games like yesterday. And as Tony said, you know, the 10 to nothing laugher wouldn't be so bad either. If you could sprinkle a couple of those in per week, you know, even five to nothing.
0: It, it, it would be nice. We had our fair share of those last year, and that's the difference between last year and this year. Uh, you know, last year we had injury issues. This year we, we've we had them probably worse this year, arguably so, than last year. But uh, Danny Mendick coming into this season, and I'll, I'll be the first one to admit it, I did not look at him as as somebody that might stick with the team. And, and and certainly he'll have a hard time when everybody's back, but I've really been more impressed with him now than I have his whole tenure up and down with the white Sox, because he is coming at a very crucial time and he is really responding. And, uh, you know, look that base running gaff aside, he's going to learn from that. And he has been a positive on this lineup and it's just good to, good to see to him starting off. I mean, he's leading off the, uh, He's leading off the lineup today in uh, at shortstop, and Garcia's got a got a day off, so we'll see how this turns out. But you know, Abreu, he he's. Uh coming to play like we knew he would show up eventually yeah he had the 12
2: game hit streak snapped yesterday he had the yeah the, the, yeah the, but the, you know they started a new but, one brian yeah but i mean you know th- that guy is going to be there when it's when it's all said and done you're going to yes. see a lot you you know jose Abreu is going to be the guy you expect him to be by the end of the season he's already started uh, warming up here so right. it's good to see i mean and, and it's it, it hopefully the health starts coming back but Hopefully, more the uh, the consistency defensively and off- mostly offensively. I and mean, we went chapter and verse yesterday about these offensive numbers. I mean, they just they have to be better. And they, I know it's incremental steps you take, but yep. you better start taking them a little bit more quickly as you move right. forward here.
0: Because look, the starting pitching is not going to carry you. To the promised land on its own. It's going to stumble, and when it does, you have to be there. I mean, you have to be there every day, but especially when the starting pitching isn't happening. Or you have to get enough of a lead late in the game where if the middle relief stumbles a little bit, it's not
2: critical. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, listening to Danny Mendick, I was also glaring out of the uh, First Midwest Bank Studios big uh, windows here. And you see so many different things, uh, you know it, on on, on State Street. Sure. You know, the Marquis of Chicago Theater, the Senior Singer uh, National Tour is here. A hard pass on that. But a woman, an older woman, apparently uh, appeared to be walking her dragonfly. She had a, a piece of paper in her outstretched arm, and the dragonfly was just, you know, literally hanging Look. on the edge of the paper. And she was just... Concentrating to make sure that the the dragonfly wasn't going anywhere, and it wasn't. And she was out just walking her dragonfly. I don't know where she was going. I don't know if it's a domestic dragonfly. It, 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 yeah, maybe,
0: maybe. Look, she's a dragonfly trainer, and uh, that I, is a client.
2: I, yeah, I, I just, you know, God bless her. I don't know what else the dragonfly does. Maybe speaks a few it's different just languages. Another
0: beautiful day in Chicago. Oh man, and there's know. all kinds of kinds. I believe is a uh, country song. All kinds of kinds. 312-332-3776. We're going to come back and hear that Matt Nagy audio. He is uh, obviously not with the Bears anymore, but that doesn't mean he won't talk about his time with the Bears, and we're going to hear that next. It's Hanley and Xander on ESPN 1000.
3: Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN
1: 1000.
0: And Xander up until noon. Dion Miller takes it from there with the pregame. White Sox baseball coming up at 1240 today as they take down the Rays down in Tampa at the Tron. And down in Tampa. Can- I, uh, I got to mention this, Brian. I had uh, my kids and their significant others visiting for the weekend. Uh-huh. And uh, I mentioned that you can watch us on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. They looked at me because they're all gamers, especially my son. He looked at me. He's like, "What? You're, wait, wait! You're on Twitch?"
2: Wow! I said, "Yes." Elevated he's like, dad, right there. And, huh? and, and and he's like,
0: "I said, yeah." And there are videos there. You could watch me in in studio. I, it's not too exciting. But <laughs> they're like, they're like, "Oh my god! I'm I'm gonna get that." Where where is that? All of a sudden, all of a sudden, they want to they they wow. want to experience dad on sports radio because you're on, on Twitch. Twitch. So we're super hip, okay? Are you on the 100. talk, too?
2: 3 HD, what's that? Are you on the talk, too? That'd be easy, easy there. it would be easy only there. like a six-second radio show on TikTok, right? <laughs> right, yeah. Maybe, yeah.
0: Yeah, maybe, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure what the talk will do for me. But we're also at 100.3 HD, two in the ESPN 1000 Chicago app. But they, they were all about it on Twitch. Well, that's cool. So, yes, we're yeah. on twitch.tv forward slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now, Matt Nagy. He was talking to the press down in Kansas City. Yeah, it was the first help, time.
2: But, first time we've seen or heard from Matt since uh, the Bears finally realized that he wasn't the offensive. It's guru. been a while. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's been a while. Has, and that's okay. That, we has, needed a. We needed a
2: break. Has his big uh, mansion with the basketball court sold yet? With the Chicago Bears logo all through the house? Has, has that? Uh, has that sold? You know, I, I'm not. I'm not sure.
0: Hmm. I, I, I can't. You didn't put I, an I offer in. Sure. You know what? I thought about it, but yeah. all of those menus in that one room. Yeah. All those it yeah, menus all the that play that, was a turn, that was a turn off for yeah. me. Yeah. Because and, I know I know very few of them were responsible for a
2: win. Well not so only that I was so totally turned off. So he goes back to Kansas City because Andy Reid, you know, felt sorry for him, I guess. But <laughs> right. He's now the senior assistant and quarterback's coach because he was the quarterback's coach, not a, not the offensive coordinator when Ryan Pace thought he'd found the next great play caller and offensive mind, even though I can't still believe he was a, the head coach of one, uh, the coach of the year at one point. But anyway, that title tells you he, <laughs> he will be. He no, fooled everybody. Yeah, that title tells you senior assistant quarterbacks coach. He doesn't need the big Dennings menu anymore because no one in Kansas City is going to allow him close to play calling. Right. Right. But the Kansas City media, he was up at the podium with the big Kansas City Chiefs logos and, and you know all, all across the backdrop and. Uh, Matt Nagy was asked about how the experience here in Chicago is going to make him a better coach, person, uh, who who knows, but uh, he had an answer because he always does.
3: You know, you have highs and lows and you learn, and you have so many different hats that you put on in in that time, and you learn a lot, and you rely on the experiences that you went through, um, and they're real-life experiences. So I didn't have that when I went into my interview with Chicago, Uh, But I had four years worth of real-life experiences of a lot of different situations offense defense special teams how to deal with players how to deal with media how to deal with um, Winning out, you know these conversations right here after a win or a loss and what it does is it 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 really allows you to grow but it puts things into perspective and I think in life for me um, a lot of my failures that I've had I've tried to use to the best of my ability to make me better, um, whether it was as a player, throwing a pick, learning from it, or as a a coach, as you go through things, you want to use those experiences to make you better in the long run. And I feel like I'm still young in this profession, and I want to use my experiences in Chicago to help me be better here for our team here in Kansas City with Coach Reed, with EB, with Patrick, with, with Brett Veach, with everybody here. And there's a little bit of humility that you have to have to do this, but I, I really cherish it because you're doing it with good people. Um, to be back with, with Coach Reed, to be back with Eric Biennemi, the rest of the coaches on this offensive staff, it's awesome. And they're just good people that do things the right way, and it's, it's exciting for me, it's fun, um, and it's, it's, it's refreshing. So I, I want to use this to be able to give back any way I can
2: yeah, we've said it, Mark, time and Played again. The right way. Yeah, time and uh, again. Time and again, we've said that he's a, a very nice guy. You probably wouldn't mind living next door to him. Well, one because the his yard would be keep him at a distance because he had the big palatial uh, estate up there. But no, he seems like a nice guy, and and you know you you wouldn't mind him as a neighbor. You just don't want him as as your play caller and and the guy drawing up your offensive schemes because. Ryan Pace did him no favors with with the quarterbacks he gave him time and again, and um, but he had to fire himself twice from being the play caller. I mean, those are just the facts. And as we sit here today, I guarantee you two things: Ryan Pace will never be a GM in this league again. I know he's working down in Atlanta in, in the front office, and Matt Nagy is going to be the best Matt Nagy he can be with uh, Eric Bieniemy and and Andy Reid and all that. He just went through a chapter and verse because he's never going to be a head coach again in this league. Uh, Never is a yeah. long time, but the body of work there is enough that any GM who would put him up at a podium and announce him as their head coach would, I mean, y- you'd have to uh, drug test him, right? Well, I mean, And
0: you'd have to do it behind a uh, chicken wire. Like, yeah. Remember the blues? Yeah, the, blues, yeah the, the beer bottles
2: become, you. yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got to talk to Bob. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, that's
0: not yeah, that's that is not going to happen. You're right. And uh, with Ryan Pace working down in Atlanta in the front office, he could be running the fax machine.
2: Yeah. I mean, and you know, yeah, he, you know,
0: we don't know what that really means, but you're right. Both of those people are not going to be in the positions that they were in in Chicago.
2: And, and was uh, that a backhanded and- uh, jab or slap at the Bears because he said it's great to be in a place where they do the right things and, you know, he basically Sound like Kansas City is everything that the the Bears are not.
0: You you know, you raise a good point there, and, and I would challenge him to say, well,
2: weren't you the reason why the right things weren't being done? He was part of it. I mean, look, he Ryan, was a good part of it. The cowardly Ryan who hid from the media, and you know, I'll say this about Matt Nagy, and I said it throughout the, he took the slings and arrows, and he was there answering all the questions as head coaches have to do. Yeah. But through the course of a season, and and every team I covered in every league, and I did 26 years of the Sun Times, I covered every league there was, and is, and at any beat guy worth his salt or beat a woman worth her salt knows when it's time to not keep asking the head coach the same questions it's time to talk you know the higher pay grade to go talk to the gm yes, about yes. the dysfunction or the losing or all the yeah, above. because
0: sometimes you know the answer that the head coach is giving is an empty answer you need a answer with substance so you have
2: to go up that next level well not only that any GM that's worth his salt knows that there's time to take the heat off the head coach and the coaching staff, and to you know Theo was nice, good at it, yeah. Jed Jed's good at it, Rick Hahn's good at it, up and down. I mean, uh, you know, uh, where the Blackhawks, Bulls, most most GMs. I mean, John Paxson, uh, even Gar Foreman, as clueless as he was. You there are times you know that you're expected to be there at practice, available, be there in your office, door open if someone wants to come up and, and knock on the door and, and, and have a Q&A with you. But Ryan Pace, for whatever reason, was able to get away with, I will talk to the flagship station before the games where I know the, the questions are, are not going to be. Yeah, and, and again, not criticizing the broadcast team, because they know their job, and their job is to, you know, the organization uh, will not have them around if, if they they don't right. play by the rules. Right. But the fact of the matter is, no GM I have ever seen or, or covered in this town had the pass the Ryan Pace mandated. I'll talk to you before the season. I'll talk to you at the end of the season, and then you would see him, you know, poking his head out of the luxury suite upstairs of the and the press level, uh, <laughs> when the team was falling apart and you're on another six game losing streak and still not available. And Matt Nagy was there, you know, tiresome, had to answer the same questions or, or the, you know, the same type of questions. Right.
0: And, and you know, Poles is uh, is ready to face whatever he needs to face. That is the. You know, early indicator there, Uh, as far as Matt goes, you're you're right. Uh, You wouldn't mind him having him as a neighbor, although if he invited you to a barbecue and he cornered you and started talking to you, you'd be probably looking for a quick exit.
2: Yeah. I mean, you might miss dinner.
0: (laughs) Right. And, uh, you know, it's funny. And we've all done it. I've done it, too. But we feel like we need to preface, you know, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and that's just kind of his legacy here in Chicago because he certainly does seem like a nice guy that maybe didn't deserve what happened, but he deserved it because that opportunity was not the right one for him. Somebody crowned him with a crown that he did not deserve.
2: And, and look, you know, when you get to Ryan Poles and – uh uh, the new coach, these Eberflus, yeah, yeah Eber, Matt. Eber, uh, the, the the problem is, I mean, I don't think it's a big problem. Is I think the early returns, I, you have confidence in these two guys that they, they're going to get it done. But the fact of the matter is, the Bears continually go and hire guys who are doing their job for the first time, and yeah. there are growing pains now. Hopefully, uh, the the with the exception of John Fox. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, right. But I mean, you know, go back to Lovey and Jerry Angelo. Yes. I oh, mean, yeah. uh, you know, Phil Emery and his synergy. I mean, and, and, and you know, for the most part, over the last 20 years, the Bears have had guys learning on the job. And uh, at, at many times both the GM coach simultaneously. So hopefully that uh, the, the new duo is going to get the job done sooner than later. But no one knows what that timeline looks like right now. Right and and
0: we've been warned, even by Ryan Poles, that this is not, you know, Super no, it's Bowl. not an overnight it, fix. Yeah, it is not an overnight fix. It's going to be a while. But you know what we've seen him do so far, we have reason for hope. And and Matt is in the rearview mirror, but you know he he's still giving the word salad down in Kansas City. They should uh, they should enjoy that. Yeah. Although he's not going to get the opportunity like he did to talk to the media. Uh, up
2: here. I'll tell so. you what I've got upcoming He'll be this well week. Uh, and when we come back from break, I'll tell you what I've got coming up this week. And I don't think it's going to be all that enjoyable. I want to hear if you've ever had to go through this. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: Oh boy, my mind's racing now. Looking forward to it. We'll be back to do that and wrap up the Twitter poll and get ready for Dion Miller coming in with the uh, White Sox pregame. White Sox taking on Tampa Bay this afternoon, twelve forty start. We've got uh, our own Connor McKnight on the call. Ryan Yarbrough on the bump for the Rays. We've got Lucas Giolito. Pitching for the White Sox. We'll be right back on ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN
2: 1000. Mark Xander Brian Hanley back here on ESPN 1000. Thanks for making us part of your Sunday morning. And we always enjoy spending time talking sports with you. And uh, I won't be enjoying the week too much, Mark. Um, No. I got summons a couple weeks ago. I got a, a very thick envelope in the paper or in the mail. Uh, snail mail. And it's like when you used to, when you were applying to colleges, you hope the return envelope was big and thick because it means yeah. you got accepted instead mm-hmm. of the one-page thanks. But, you know, we'll put you on uh, hold because you're not good enough. Um, and it's from the Northern District Court, uh, Federal Court of uh, Illinois. And I opened it up, and it's about 10 pages of you're on call for jury duty and here's you know everything you need to do and be aware of and what t- and so friday night i had to start calling to see you get a recording and punch in your number to see if you actually have to show up yep yep and i have to show up tomorrow morning congratulations now, in the in the fine print, and, and i told told a buddy of mine this he said oh yeah i got one of those i said did, did you have to serve he says no i threw it right in the shredder i'm like okay <laughs> I, I, when reading the whole thing on the 10 pages, it was, you know, the threats of, of not, you know. He
0: definitely did not say, feel free, free to, to throw, throw it in the shredder.
2: shredder. Uh, and he said, well, his lawyer told him that, you know, theoretically they could issue an arrest warrant, but, I mean, you have to go online and fill out a, uh, a questionnaire, you know, have you ever been convicted of it, you know, whatever. And, and, but anyway, so, I mean, I, I did all the things, and of course now I have to go. And when you read this thing, it says, you will be required, if I hadn't, been told on friday by the recording that i show up tomorrow i would have had a call every night this week to see if i had to show up on tuesday wednesday thursday friday whatever right
0: yeah i've been through that dance as well i
2: and I, I, I serve i've served on three juries already okay it's been 20 oh, boy, years you're a
0: veteran good for
2: you i know I not good for me i mean i think everyone should do it once and i actually <laughs> yeah, do believe right. it's your civic duty i, I yeah, okay
0: so you're you're voting for do it once check the box leave me alone
2: I mean, three times you ought to get out of get out of jail free card. I mean, you'll get out of a jury duty free card, but it just it says you're gonna to have to be there for the minimum of a week or a trial, whichever lasts longer. So yeah. theoretically, you could get I mean two trials in in a week or you could get one trial last two months. You know, it's like how do you just put your life on hold if you get one of those that are going to take it, it forever? It is
0: amazing, and I, I'm knocking on everything here because I have been through that, and and I went through the call, show up, yeah, be dressed and ready, and then and this is right when COVID broke, so it's like we're in a room, a huge room, and there are all chairs separated. Everybody in match is waiting there, waiting to hear their fate, and I got my number called, and my number was part of the. Uh, Part of the batch of numbers called to say go home.
2: Oh, you see, you're lucky. Yeah, you're lucky. And,
0: and, and lucky, lucky. That's why a, I'm, a, I'm the, knocking on. Uh, yeah, you
2: know, I've, and I've, that could happen to you. I've well, I've served on two county juries, and the same thing. Right, you know, if you if you get dismissed, you, that's it. I mean, it's one day, right? It's not like yes. you get to sit around for a week and and maybe catching an- and keep getting dismissed. No, yeah. when you get dismissed, you're you're good. They, yeah, in federal, they just send you back to the room, and so you're putting in your eight hour days. And I'm like, man, this is. A- I, I, I've served on one federal jury. It was, you know, again, twenty five years ago, probably, and it lasted all two or three days. And the other two, one lasted a week, and one lasted a couple of days. But I, I don't remember you being told that you were going to stick around a week if you didn't get called. You, you know, like you said, you just you're hoping your number is okay. You can go home, and, and we'll hopefully never hear from you again. Right, but it's. Yeah. You know, everyone, everyone I've told about this immediately starts telling me what I need to say to get out of jury duty. to get out of right, right. like, stand right, up just, and say, right. I think everyone's guilty. If they're here, they're here for a reason. I mean, just, you know, start saying stuff. Right. You know, you uh, could
0: always do what Ted Nugent did and just soil yourself. But he got out of the Vietnam War, I believe.
2: Oh, for the love of God. He, <laughs> he, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to have lunch. <laughs> right. Wow, I mean, but everyone's well, like, that, "Oh, here's, that, what, here's what you say." Because this that. woman, this woman was uh, answering questions before they got to me, and I'm like, "Damn, she took my story." So you know, you have to think on your feet because she yeah, got she got dismissed, and and you know, she you know, unfortunately, there's only probably a few stories that you can have to, yeah. to you know
0: the one time i got called and i had to answer the questions i was a student at columbia college here downtown and um as soon as they said uh, are you a student i said yes i'm a full-time student at columbia college they said thank you you're dismissed
2: wow like, okay maybe i'll try but, that but i'll, I'll try I'm, that I'm, tomorrow yeah, I'm 30 years down the line and yeah.
0: I'm not sure if You that's look a little to, you, look a
2: could, little old to be a student but uh I'll try you, that you're one. You're dismissed. Yeah. yeah. And we are dismissed. Uh, White Sox uh, pregame coming up with Dion Miller right here on ESPN 1000. We'll talk to you later Mr. Zander. Yeah, we'll talk to you then. Go
0: Sox.